welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star. Mailbag! There you go. I never tire of it, Joe. Sometimes I forget <laughs> to do it, but I never tire of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I love it for you and also for me. So, Joe, we have a mailbag question that I think is something that we should probably have talked about before five years into the show. <laughs> you know what? We have talked about this briefly, but never in detail. So I'm actually very thankful for Nira for writing in. Yeah. So Nira said, I've got a question that I would love to get your opinion on. And that is, what are your thoughts on the ongoing debate over new adult as a category between YA and adult? I'm currently doing a publishing master's in one of my classes. We had an agent as a guest lecturer who basically said very firmly that new adult is dumb and doesn't exist. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> a little, but that was the essence of it. Um, and Nira goes on to make some good points about why new adult might be a really useful category to have. Mm -hmm. Joe. Yes. In the past, we have drawn the line between YA and new adult as YA maybe has like one sex scene tops and mm -hmm. new adult has lots of sex. That is usually the transition point. Okay. It's not so much about age in terms of where it gets categorized, I don't think, as it is about mm -hmm. content. Yeah, this is an interesting distinction because I feel like I really didn't even know the term until you started referencing it because, you know, we... We approach the podcast on a bit of a slippery slope. You know, we have covered some middle grade texts. We have covered some new adult texts. We've accidentally covered some adult texts as well. <laughs> and I think if nothing else, much like the way that I approach genre or the way that people classify films, even if someone like a publisher says that's dumb and it doesn't actually apply... I think it's useful to have the conversation, even if there isn't a kind of consensus. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, too, you know, we're in this moment of, like, really strong censorship. And I think mm -hmm. some of that has to do with, I don't even want to say a misunderstanding. I just think people have different ideas of what it means to be a young adult, right? And, like, right. there's a big gap between what you might want a fairly immature 13-year-old reading versus what you might encourage someone to read the last summer before they go off to university, right? Like, mm -hmm. those are necessarily going to be dramatically different. And it's sort of always been weird that that's just been one category for as long as it has, you know? True. Yeah. You know what? I hadn't even considered it that way until you just said that. But it's very, very true, right? Like, Babysitter's Club versus... I don't know, what's the most adult thing that we've read on the podcast? Uh, I was going to say through my window, but through my window is not adult. It's just smutty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've certainly covered texts that have a certain level of sexual frankness. And I do think that that's definitely where people start to feel uncomfortable with, is this content appropriate for children? And I think the reality is, is that that's going to be up to individual people, which is, yeah. again, why you and I are very much against banning books or censoring them in any way, because it should be up to individuals and possibly their parents to have some pretty serious conversations about, okay, what is appropriate for you? What is your current stage of development? What have you read before? Like... I don't know. I'm thinking of my relationship with horror where I know so many people who will say, oh, I was absolutely scarred because I read some Stephen King book when I was way too young, but it also has completely shaped them into the horror-loving aficionado that they are. Mm. And I feel like that's a very specific example, but 
even you yourself have said, um, oh, what's what's your British author there? Oh, Aiden Chambers, Aiden Chambers. Right? Like, you probably read that a little bit before you were fully prepared to understand some of that content. And yet, are you in serious therapy because what you read for it? (laughs) Not for that. Not because of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the reason. I do, like, I think this is a really useful place to draw the line. And also, it's a really easily abused place to draw the line, right? Because if we make the line about sexual frankness or sexual content, there's always going to be those people who are like, well, everything queer is a new adult book then, because there's no such (sighs) thing as young adult queer experience. And I think that that's a really important thing. Like, when Joe and I talk about sexual frankness, we're talking about, like, graphic depictions or really frank talk about bodies that that mm-hmm. people who have not begun to ask those questions about themselves like they might not have the frame of reference for right so it's the difference mm-hmm. between like you know kissing and making out in a third book for 13 year olds versus like actual sex in a book for mm-hmm. like older young adults and i see as i say i see that as a useful line but i also i'm i'm very aware of how easily that line could be abused by virtue of the fact that there is a population of people out there who think that anything queer is sexually explicit, regardless of what's actually happening. Like, Heartstopper mm-hmm. is not new adult, and it never will be, right? <laughs> well, I wonder, too, if there's a national or geographical mm. component to this as well, right? Because, yeah, we are highly puritanical in North America to the point where, you know, any kind of sexual frankness can end up getting you, yeah, censored, banned, slapped with a really severe rating. Whereas if you hop over the pond and you go to Europe, where they are quite a bit more loose about sexuality and they're far more strict on things like gun violence, what's appropriate for quote unquote young adults is going to be extremely different. Well, even the way, even between Canada and the U.S., right, the way we rate films, for example, like Mm -hmm. it's super different. And it's often around that question of sexuality that that difference is is like made clear. And so this is obviously going to be like a really hot topic for, you know, the same segment of the population that wants to ban books in general. But Mm -hmm. to come back to the question of whether new adult is like, quote unquote, useful or not, I do think that there is a stage of life, you know, the being in college years, the starting your first job years that isn't really the same as like full on adult fiction, typically. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's because our generation, Joe, and those after us are engaged in a bit of a protracted adolescence on account of the fact that we can't have anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't afford a house. So I can't consider myself an adult yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not allowed to have a career. Um, so I'm going to just keep reading fun books. But like, I do think there is a stage of life that's encapsulated by new adult that is it is different than what happens right. in typical young adult books. And, you know, you may be 22 and want to read those stories and not be lumped into the same category as books about starting high school. Okay, so wait, I'm now like, trying to find the limit if the limit in fact exists so Mm -hmm. is this more about the perspective of the reader as opposed to the actual content of the book well i think all these categories are about marketing and finding readership right (laughs) this is also true we can't we can't eliminate the fact that what we're actually talking about is who are we (laughs) selling because this is a business and we are trying to market these texts to people 
Oh, Joe, actually, I wonder if that's another important distinction, actually. Like, we've talked a lot about how a lot of young adult books are actually bought by adults for Mm -hmm. teen readers, right? Like, parents are big buyers of young adult fiction. I'm guessing that's not the same for books that are classified new adult. I'm guessing those are primarily purchased by the reader themselves. Right, because you're probably at an age where, A, you have disposable income of your own, but also you're better equipped to make decisions about what you would like to read. Yeah, and your parents have given up and just give you gift cards now. (laughs) You know what? Your parents should be happy that you're still reading. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if we're like really answering the question, Joe, but I do. I'm really bothered by the idea of anybody involved in the book industry being super dismissive of like Mm -hmm. new ways of categorizing and naming texts. Like I'm not sure what we gain by being like, new adult isn't real even while there are books on a shelf labeled new adults (laughs) if anything i would think of it as an opportunity to source out new or different markets like you may have some people who will never set foot into a young adult or a children's section Mm -hmm. but you might be able to get them with a fixture that says new adult yeah totally and likewise i think you know we talk a lot in like the publishing industry about how in many ways e-reading really flattened distinctions between because people weren't shy right like mm-hmm. back in the day you had to publish two versions of harry potter right one with an adult right. cover and one with a kid's cover so that people could read it on the train and not feel embarrassed you don't have to do mm-hmm. that anymore with an ebook nobody knows what you're reading so i That's wonder true. if there's we're kind of in this weird space where in some ways that that distinction has collapsed while at the same time like bookstores still want people to physically come in and buy copies of books and how Mm -hmm. do you target an audience that yeah might feel a bit sheepish about walking into the young adult section although as this show asserts loudly they should not Mm -hmm. yeah this is true i mean i think what nira has done has identified a kind of nebulous zone where It's a bit like the Wild West, right? Nobody quite knows what it is, how it's defined. That's, again, why I think that publisher is a bit ridiculous, because I'm willing to bet that they have a very different idea of what constitutes new adult than someone else. So to just be super dismissive is very odd to me. Well, and not to correct you on Maine, but it's they were an agent, not a publisher, which I find actually even more alarming, Hmm. because like, shouldn't an agent be looking at all angles by which to sell a book, even if it means a new definition of like i'm just really surprised that an agent would be like boo i'm close to these ideas (laughs) tell us the name nira tell us the name (laughs) name and shame name and shame (laughs) well i'd be curious to hear back from listeners about if they feel like we've missed a beat of how Mm -hmm. na can be classified or if no no that's it that that's just what i'd like to hear Yeah, and I'd also like to hear if anybody has had that experience of feeling like they maybe wouldn't want to pick up a YA book, but they feel more comfortable with an NA book, or if they know Mm. people who do, or if they've felt that kind of shame and whether a new adult, like, alleviates any of that. Like, I'm very curious about it just from the experience of the reader, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. Joe, you and I will read anything. Like, we're not picky. So, (laughs) we need picky people to write in. <laughs> We're not a good barometer because we will just read anything as demonstrated by some of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to respond to that, it's hkhspod at gmail.com. <laughs>